Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome in. Mark Cox in here along with uh, Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. And uh, Bo, do you know who got outdoors earlier this week? Did we had you? A surprise, uh, we had a surprise appearance. You went outdoors? No, Mick Jagger. Oh, you know what? I did Stones. see that. You know, I predicted. I predicted this because, uh, and I don't know if it happened or not because I wasn't at the show, but at Enterprise Center on Thursday night, Blake Shelton... Trace Adkins, Martina McBride were all here, and they, they're on a big you know, nationwide tour. And I thought, I wonder if those worlds would collide, especially with uh, Blake on The Voice, mm-hmm. all his connections. I don't know. I, I, I didn't even hear anything if, if Mick Jagger um, showed up, because if he was in town, he might have. Mick was on, uh, on Thursday. He went to the Arch. Because the video got posted up on a friend's Facebook page. How great is that? And he was all by himself except for his six bodyguards. <laughs> well, I bet he didn't he, get robbed. Yeah, he went down and he took a picture in front of one leg of the arch, going like this, and and it's, which is bad radio because you can't see me. Yeah, you can, my but arms you can up. picture it. Yeah, you, so he was, or you can go to Mark's stylish. Facebook page and you can see it. Yeah, well, he like, he what? wouldn't let us share it. Oddly well, enough, there was not what? a share button on his uh, Facebook nine seven one talk dot com has it. Oh, they have the picture. They do. Okay, not the video. Is what I was talking about. Oh yeah. So that one. so the picture the stone shared. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. He was out walking around the arch grounds. He, uh, somebody must not have told him that blues players get robbed at gunpoint down there. Well, maybe that's, that's why, why he had he all the security. Huh? <laughs> I, I will say this. I, I made a bad joke, and knowing that he was in town the day that I made this bad joke, I do apologize because I'm a Rolling Stones fan. I'm an Aerosmith fan. When I met Steven Tyler... He's just the the teeniest little waif of a guy, but when he's on stage, he is gigantic. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and so on. St. Louis talks. I did mention. Well, if you see a little old white woman uh, that is, you know, around St. Louis with frizzly, frizzy hair, maybe Mick Jagger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because, but, no, I, I'm. 
with that's all so respect. bad. No, well, yeah, okay, well, that that should clean everything up. But he uh-huh. looks great, though. He, uh, I, mean, 78, I mean, he's 78 yeah. years old, but you could, he was very spry walking up the street to his car to get back in, and his bodyguards were running interference to make sure nobody actually spoke to Sir Jagger. I <laughs> saw them at uh, the Dome. What year was it? Uh, 99. I, I saw them then. Yeah. And it was impressive, and somebody asked me, hey, you know, I want I want you to go to the show with us. I'm like, dude, last time I was at the Dome, the tickets were not fantastic. <laughs> and Mick Jagger was about a quarter inch tall from my view. I'm like, what? I'll, I'll watch the video. You know what Mick's known for? The lips, right? Mm-hmm. The last oh, I could see those. I the couldn't. <laughs> last time I saw the Rolling Stones, I was so far away from the stage. How far away was I? How far away were you? That. Mixed lips on the jumbotron did not match up with the wor- with the music, right? <laughs> right. That's how far away I was. His lips were out of sync with the music. So. But to be an entertainer like that, to be able to come out on stage with your band, most of the band, and and to be able to perform <laughs> like that is just so impressive. And to Keith. hold to hold church, mm-hmm. you're doing it. You know, well, on a Sunday. Drop since we're all name dropping here. I had an opportunity back in the mid 2000s to interview Grace Slick. Whoa. From Jefferson Starship. She's yeah. an artist now. She was in town with some art she had painted. and She, she was at a gallery. Agreed to do an interview, and uh, we brought her in for the to, to interview for a weekend show. I, I uh, taped. Right. I recorded it on like Friday morning or something. And she's in there uh, in the studio, and she, she was complete... I asked her why she quit singing. And she was completely uh, critical of these... Old bands that keep trying to get it done on stage. She she just doesn't understand it. She got to know when to say when. I can't believe they're still out there. She said no. She got those beautiful blue eyes, just shock white hair now. But I mean, she she was great. But she she did not agree with all these bands that are still out there trying to get it done. And I'm like, hey, if they as long as they still sound good and their real fans are going to be willing to cut them a little bit of slack. You know you're big if you've got tribute bands and you're still touring. There's tribute yeah, bands true. doing your gig. <laughs> right. uh, prices are a lot cheaper, I'm thinking. But you know what? Anytime, most anytime I've seen a legendary performer, I love outdoor concerts. They bring it. Uh, ZZ oh, Top yeah. when mm-hmm. they opened for Kid Rock several years ago. I mean, I'm looking at these guys going, "Wow, they just tear it up!" and it's in them. They, they, you'll it's you'll in them. you'll be a talk show host till you're into your 80s, and people will be like, "Why are you doing that?" <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, if you if you if you if you got tickets to the Stones, good for you. I I would uh, love to have the chance to see him again. That that would be fantastic. Uh, Carl's t- gonna see him. I'll be there. Well, he's got Paul. He knows. Well, pe- he knows he people. Knows. This will be my people. fourth time seeing them. Wow! I saw them at Bush Stadium in '89. I've seen them at the Dome. This will be my third time seeing them at the Dome. All right. So real quick, uh, are they always excellent? Yes. Do they always bring? Because like uh, Hank Jr. show. When Hank takes his shirt off, it's going to be a horrible show. <laughs> when he leaves his shirt on, it's going to be a good show. My, my review. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you got to know. You got to know these things about your favorite artists. All right. Hey, uh, coming up, uh, do you like taking a drive to see the fall colors? We've got one of the hands-down experts. In fact, it's his job to drive around and report back to you. We'll talk to Mark Gruber. Coming up on the Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. <laughs> 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. After the end of a good fight, Deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. situation so well how did how did rush do that all those years ago Fantastic. and they're canadian i know right they're, well hey they got their own issues north of the border <laughs> i'm telling you <laughs> welcome back to second amendment radio in the great outdoors in here with uh bo matthews and carl middleman i'm mark cox this, this segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. Boy, I'll tell you what, if you uh, collect all kinds of uh, of websites that you got to go to, you mean to go to, go to RazorbackArmory.com. They've done such a nice job revamping. You can shop online, but there's nothing like going into the store. It's in De Pere, half mile east of 270 on Manchester Road. Stop in to see them at Razorback Armory and online at RazorbackArmory.com. Yeah, it's good stuff. So uh, my wife and I love to, to travel. In fact, we probably talked about this before on the show here, Bo, but we just bought a camper, right? Yes. And it's a pole trailer. It's not not huge. My wife wanted something she was comfortable trailering. See, here's what I'm kind of hoping for. I'm kind of hoping that I'm I'm getting her comfortable at the 17-foot level, and then we can upgrade one of these days. <laughs> to right? the tour bus. To, well, maybe. Something bigger. <laughs> in here. Maybe even a fifth wheel. I don't know. But I'm hoping to, 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 to upgrade that. And, and what we're planning to do in a couple of weeks uh, near the um, – in the middle of October, when during my daughter's a break, is we're going to hook up the trailer and we're going to go north uh, up into a Door County and check out uh, the leaves, among other things. But oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that north of here, you're already starting to see some of that foliage change. Is it 79 that runs parallel to 61? Uh, it's closer to the Mississippi River. But, man, that to me is like the best road in the state of Missouri for seeing colors, for riding motorcycles, it's like a roller coaster. It's just up and down, and it's it's pretty straight. But uh, I don't know where Door County is exactly, but that's a great plan. I mean, right now we've experienced such great fall weather, 
But I know it's going to heat up a couple more times yeah. before. Yeah. Well, Door County's up in Wisconsin, so it's it's going to be oh, a little bit. It's, I thought talking, you were talking about Missouri. No, no, no. It's it's probably an eight-hour drive. I'm, I'm a Minnesota boy, so I know that I know going north a whole lot. In Iowa, there's like hard, there's like seven trees in the whole state of Iowa, so there's not much to see there. Well, unless you like corn. Assuming that you want to stay a little closer to home, we've invited Mark Gruber to join us, uh, community forester, of course, uh, with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Great to get him on here. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing fine. So is that so, is that something that, that you do as a certified arborist? Uh, I mean, do you is it also a passion of yours to go out and see some of these great fall colors and track when the best times are and all that? Well, actually, uh, so I'm lucky enough to uh, have to submit a weekly report that uh, gets posted on a, the Department of Conservation's website. Um, so we do updates throughout the throughout the fall season. So it's it's a labor of love, and gee, I hate driving around during really nice fall weather having to look at fall. <laughs> it's the colors, worst. You know? It's a terrible job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Uh, and and so you know, they always try to pick like the prime week. Um, and I've only seen about seven's my number today. Seven leaves on my patio. Uh, we're not quite there, but it's coming quick, isn't it? Yeah, so what tends to happen with with fall color is, uh, you know, everything looks green, 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 and then all of a sudden, bam, over the span of two to three days, sometimes you can get some some, uh, really quick changes, especially in those early fall color species. And, you know, everybody, you mentioned that that people want to know when the peak is, you know, peak of color, and, and sometimes we do get, like, one single time period where you've got a whole bunch of different types of trees overlapping, but more often we'll tend to have what I call pulses of color. You'll sure. get you'll get the early fall color species will go, then they'll kind of dwindle off, and then you'll get the late fall color species will start to kick it up. Well, yeah, I wondered I wondered about that. What is the trigger? I mean, is it is it the first frost or is it before that that, that you start to see those those sharp color changes? Yeah, so it's actually day length. Um, it has to do with with a shortened you know photo period or time that we have have sunlight um, during the day, shortening every day. And so what happens is, you know, the leaves being the energy makers for the tree, they reach a point where it costs more energy to make you know energy from sunlight. So with that shortened amount of sunlight, it's just you know it doesn't make any sense from an efficiency point of view from the tree. So the tree cuts off the flow of, of water and, and nutrients to the leaves, and and um, the leaves start to color up. So that green pigment, the chlorophyll, breaks down in the leaf, and it either reveals some colors that are hidden, or in the cases of your like reds and purples, when you see those colors, those are actually sugars, which is the energy that the tree creates trapped in that leaf when when uh, when the when the tree cuts off the flow to the leaf that energy gets trapped in there and it's revealed in those red reds and purple colors wow yeah the, the, it's brilliant uh, you know I, I, I live down uh, uh, highway 21 and that's also mm-hmm. kind of like a roller coaster but you get some far off views and you can see the horizon uh, to the south as I'm headed home it's beautiful as a community forester mark about how many miles do you put on in a month's time driving <laughs> well i cover a pretty <laughs> wide area from the city of st louis all the way down to crawford washington county so so cuban potosi area so um 
you know, some weeks I'm I'm in the office quite a bit, and some weeks I, like you mentioned, I'm driving around all over the place. So hundreds of miles is uh, is not not too much of a an exaggeration. Horrible job, horrible job. Well, <laughs> exactly. you know, s- since you are a certified arborist, if you wouldn't mind me asking, uh, for those of us that have a little bit of ground, uh, what are some of the things that are adverse to trees right now? Is there any kind of special new? you know, bug that's out there that's killing trees. Cause I'm seeing a couple on my property that I thought would live for a thousand more years and they're, they're, you know, losing limbs real bad. And, uh, any, any thoughts on, on information for that? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know that they'd necessarily be quote unquote new, but, um, probably the biggest one would be emerald ash borer. So if you have, uh, an ash tree of any kind and you haven't done any treatment on it, emerald ash borer is an insect that got, uh, uh, basically brought over from China back mm-hmm. around uh, the late 1990s, early 2000s. And it's it's all throughout Missouri right now. It's especially intense in, in areas. Um, well, uh, here's an example. If you drive out Highway 44 right now, there's all kinds of dead trees on, on the sides of the highway. Yeah. Those are all ash trees, and they're all killed by emerald ash borer. So, um, it's pretty dramatic, and we're just going to continue to lose them. Um, hopefully, there'll be an individual or two that has a you know resistance, just like with any you know biological organisms. There's always something that's resistant, but they're they're going to be few and far between. So, if you have an ash tree and you really want to keep it, you need to think about treating um, to keep it around. Uh, would you uh, have information on on whether you can burn that as firewood, or should you discard of it completely? So, so yeah, I do. Um, so basically, right now, the only quarantine is that you cannot take uh, ash, firewood, or wood products of any kind and ship them outside of the state. Okay. So just the the best the best practice is to dispose of it as close as you possibly can to where the tree was growing. I mean, uh, like I said, emerald ash borers throughout the state right now. So you know whether you, you'd really be uh, infecting another part of the state, that's probably not going to be the case. But, it's, again, it's just the best practice to, to burn it if you can. Um, even as firewood? Even as firewood in the house? Even as firewood, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be fine. Good, mm-hmm. good to know. So we're talking to Mark Gruber, a community forester with the Missouri Department of Conservation. He's a certified arborist. He drives all over the place looking for uh, great places for you to see fall colors. I'm guessing, based on what you've said so far, Mark, the, the key would be the, the kinds of trees in a particular area. So within our scope here of the greater St. Louis area, are there are, are you able to see different kinds of colors depending on which direction you go? Yeah, I don't know that I would put it that way. Um, you know, you're, you're uh, Missouri and, and even, you know, uh, southwestern Illinois has got is dominated by oak forests for the most part, right? I mean, you'll get into obviously seeing a whole bunch of other trees when you get into more urbanized areas because there's different types of trees planted and things like that. But you're still going to get to see a wide variety of color um, no matter where you go. Uh, it's uh, oftentimes I would say it, it's more a function of the type of topography that you're in. So if you get down into low-lying areas, bottomlands, you know, next to the river and things like that, 
those trees don't tend to have the most spectacular fall color. And, it, it, and if there is, it just tends to be kind of a yellow. Mm-hmm. But as you move out of those bottomlands, then you'll tend to get uh, a greater diversity of, of tree species and shrub species. And, and so you'll tend to get a greater diversity of color. Are you like a uh, like a, a, a meteorologist? I mean, you can predict because Mark said he's going to Wisconsin here. Uh, do, do you look at uh, what's going on with trees all over the country? Not all over the country, but I'm laughing because my father actually was a meteorologist. So <laughs> I, have, I have a little bit of interest in that as well. But um, no, when it I you know I always laugh because everybody gave my father a hard time when he got the weather forecast wrong and and. <laughs> Quite, quite honestly, fall color forecasting is about the same. We we don't have that perfect crystal ball. So hold on, you know, hold on. Are on... you calling out all meteorologists right now? <laughs> Absolutely not. Can, can <laughs> you can you check the fat on the back of the hog to find out if it's going to be a bad winter or not? No, I would never do that. <laughs> That's funny because you know my my theory, Mark. For many years, I worked over at Channel Four News with all the uh, mm-hmm. meteorologists over there, and and my theory on meteorologists is that they're like baseball players. Right. If they're if they're batting 300, they're all stars. <laughs> yes. I mean, quite honestly, that's the case. And it's I mean, you know, if you want the science behind it, it's trying to get a mathematical formula to predict nature. And yeah. that's just that's just not going to work. You know, yeah. every time. And Maybe our government should hear this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I said it out loud. We're Mark. get Mark in trouble here. That's good. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. So, Mark, uh, where are the spots online that we can go with the Department of Conservation <laughs> to to keep up with your, your thorough tracking duties? So it's mdc.mo.gov, and um, you'll see a little, you know, a scrolling um, set of pictures at the top of your screen, and one of those will be fall color reports. And you just click on that, and we have them broken down by our, our various regions. So you can see what it's like where you live, or if you're planning to travel um, in the state, you can you can check out that part of the state. And there's a forester in each one of those areas that, that does the reporting to let you know how things are going in that in that location. That's great. Uh, yeah, thank you. You guys do a great job at the Conservation Department. Uh, always been a fan ever since I realized you were out there. Have you been there with, with them a long time? 21 years. Good for you. Good for you. That's thank a good you. government job. Absolutely. Hey, Mark Gruber, uh, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah, we'll uh, talk again soon. A community forester gets to drive all over the place and look at beauty. Isn't that awesome? Love That's it. a great job. Or you could, or you could be an Uber driver and have a boring well, view. Exactly. That Thank would, that you. would be terrible. An interesting guess. Okay. Too. All yeah. right. Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors continues. Coming up next, uh, Tim Kachelsvac. You know Tim, don't you? I do not know Tim. Oh, wait you till you Tim. get all the. Oh yeah. He's oh. the thinking outdoorsman. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Looking forward Deep to it. Deep thinker. That's next. I tell you why I can't find you. Every time I go out to your place, you gone fishing. Oh, you know. But there's a sign upon your door. Uh-huh. 
Gone fishing. Nice. I'm real gone, man. <laughs> you ain't working anymore. Second Amendment Radio on the There's Great Outdoors. Boy, you never know what Carl Middleman's going to come up with. But um, getting into this segment, our last segment of the show, it's brought to you by Chuck's Boots. And uh, here's the news on winning the side-by-side from Thoroughgood Boots and Chuck's Boots. You only have a few more days to get registered. Uh, the 30th, they're going to shut it down. And in the middle of October, they're going to do a Facebook Live to give away the Polaris General 1000 from Thoroughgood good and chuck's boots simply to win it go to their website chucksboots.com you can give them your name phone number email address all that good information no purchase necessary or go to their facebook page good luck in the drawing for the polaris side by side from Thoroughgood and chuck's boots yeah well the the serious hunters among us have already been in the woods for a while now the ones that hunt with a bow yes you have the like not not bow matthews but hunt with a bow <laughs> b-o-w if you're good enough to hunt with a bow you, you've been in the woods i i am not one of those uh, skilled hunters i will need need a firearm. <laughs> so I'll be waiting for firearm season before I go out there. But in the meantime, you know, the thing that's always mystified me, I'll be honest with you, it's always mystified me, is that some mornings I get up and I'm driving to work and there are deer everywhere. Yep. And some mornings I get up and I drive to work and there's none to be seen. And I know it's got something to do with atmospheric conditions that, that drive that, I believe. My guess is that our guest today will have the answers that I've been seeking. I'm going to I'm gonna bet you $100 on that one. <laughs> Tim Chelswick is with us, uh, the Thinking Woodsman, editor-in-chief at DeerCast, uh, and uh, co-host of the 100% Wild podcast at Drury Outdoors. And uh, Tim, uh, good to meet you, my friend. How are you? Yeah, you too, Mark. It's, it's great to talk to you guys, and uh, I'm doing really good. It's it's uh, archery season in Missouri, and October first it'll be archery season in, in Illinois. So it's just hard to have a bad day when it's this uh, when it's this time of year. <laughs> it it does baffle me, I, and you have a you have a camper, Mark. It baffles me that people will drive four, five, six hours to go deer hunting. And as you mentioned, you come across them all the time on your way to work. Well, but you got it. The people that are serious about it, maybe Tim will back me up on this. You got to drive to where you know the big deer are if you're fortunate <laughs> enough to to have hunting rights there, right, Tim? Yeah, and a lot of people have leases, especially northern Missouri is a big is a big place to you know is a great place to have a lease. A lot of guys that live around the St. Louis area. Uh, happen to have leases up in northern Missouri or even in Iowa, and so they're traveling north. You know, typically the farther north you go, the bigger the bucks get, yeah. and uh, and so they, they, yeah, they want to go. But but there's a lot of great suburban bow. Hunt. I mean, I make my bread and butter off of suburban bow hunting around St. Louis, and uh, there are some some real sleepers out there that uh, that are walking through people's backyards. So I, I do want you to explain what deer cast is for those that may not know about it. If you do, you already know it's awesome. But uh, my question uh, is. If you can explain that, and I have a follow-up question on how it can help other people, but uh, explain what DeerCast does for folks. So, so Mark and Terry Drury have been deer hunting for a combined over seventy years, and 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 have been doing it professionally. I mean, it's 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 part of their part of their job, part of how they built Drury Outdoors, the brand, and they have made a lot of observations over the years as to what barometric pressure does in the moon phase, and the, you know, uh, the relativity to the point uh, in the season when uh, peak estrus is for does cloud cover departure uh from the average temperature like all these things have an interplay with each other and they used to sit down and spend hours looking at the upcoming weather forecast and looking at where they were in the deer season and figuring out what the best times to hunt were well over the years they figured out like they kind of figured out this equation and then they approached a developer and were like can we turn this into an algorithm and make it available to everybody 
And, and, and as, as you guys know, Mark and Terry Drury have been killing big deer for years. And, and so they've got the credibility to do this. And, and so, uh, so we put together DeerCast, and it's an app that literally kind of brings in local weather data for you for whatever locations you choose. And it tells you down to the hour what the predicted deer movement will be like. Now, it's not like it's not radar. It's not tracking individual deer. If you have a coyote come through or you have trespassers come through, it's not going to know that. So, you you know, we're not asking anyone to turn their brain off as a hunter. It just augments the, the skills and the woodsmanship and the experience that, that a hunter has to make sure that they're one, making the most use of their time because uh, time is so valuable. And I've got a, I've got a young family. I can't be wasting time out there in a stand on bad days. And <laughs> if, if you're out there and the conditions aren't right, you could be educating your deer as to, you know, you're coming in, maybe you're sweating it out because it's a hot day or something. You could be doing more harm than good. So deer cast really helps you maximize your time. And it also helps you to do no harm on your hunting areas because that, that's a real factor. Okay, so it's not like uh, the Waze driving app where you pinpoint where the speed traps are. It's You're not identifying the deer. I thought it did. I thought Mark could go, okay, there's 10 deer on the road oh. that I drive in. <laughs> it's not that, I guess. No, and, and, and there wouldn't be much fun. And I mean, it would kind of take the mystery and the magic out of the hunting experience. Like, like I said, like we don't want anyone to turn their brains off uh, because that's your best that's your best tool in your hunting arsenal is your brain. Um, so, you know, we don't want to take away from that magic. And I don't think like anyone could ever create an app that would, that would do all that, eh, but you never in, know. In, in, <laughs> maybe someday, but in addition to like the, the, the deer movement predictor, we've got all of our videos in there from the past 30 plus years of being in business. We have the deer cast track app, which allows you to pull up a 2d model of a deer. And after you've taken your shot, you can kind of move a, a, a reticle on there and say, okay, this is where I think I hit the deer and it'll peel away the hide. It'll show you the organs and the skeletal structure. And then it'll populate a bunch of videos that are geolocated by where you place that reticle of fully produced video hunts telling you like, here's where, here's where you hit. Here's what that projectile did. Here's whether or not that shot was likely lethal or not. And here's what to do in terms of your recovery plan. Cause just shooting, you know, just shooting the deer is, is only half the story. You had to then recover your, your deer. And, and that can, you can make a lot of mistakes and you can bump your deer, you could lose it. And so we help you put together a customized recovery plan for your deer based on your shot with the DeerCast track tool. It, there's just nothing else like it out there, and that's included in DeerCast. I, I, he, he encapsulated my normal hunting experience in one line. He doesn't have time to waste sitting in a tree stand, freezing his butt off for hours at a time on a day when the hunting is going to be no good. I can't tell you how many times I've done that, right? Um, never seen a thing except the squirrels that can make themselves sound like they weigh 100 pounds <laughs> boone and crockett squirrel yeah <laughs> that's just, that's right. so is it is this a subscription-based uh app for your phone and, and do you spend a lot of time with your head down on your screen as opposed to looking around nature yeah uh, there, there's there's a free version there's a 9.99 a year version and okay. a 19.99 a year version and the 19.99 a year version gives you deer cast track 10 days of the deer cast forecast all the videos like it's there there's and and then you can post things in there there's a social media feed i've got a team of writers that write at least an article a day oftentimes two during season on uh, you know how to be a better hunter news articles 
stuff, you know, stuff that's coming up in the hunting world to kind of keep people engaged and informed. There's just, there's a lot going on in DeerCast and you can get it on your laptop or your desktop. So you can pull it up at work too and figure out when you want to leave work a few hours early. No kidding. kidding. Uh, Tim Chelsvik is our guest right now. The thinking woodsman editor in chief at DeerCast. And so, so my experience has been in the area where we hunt, which right now is out near uh, Warrington, not far from there, is that mm-hmm. in at the bottom of the hill, you you lose cell coverage. Like you can't, it can't pick up the local cell tower. So is the is the app self contained if it for for conditions and and all of that stuff? What what do you do if you're if you don't have cell coverage? Does it impact it? Yeah, I mean, it, it is driven because it's it's pulling in videos and it's pulling in uh, up to date. You know, it, it's it's going out and sampling weather data okay. uh, every time you pull it up. So, you know, if you're going to go into a low cell service area or a no cell service area, definitely check your deer cast. You can take a screenshot of it or even a screen record if you want to go forward in time and see what it's looking like. And and you you know you'll get the data as of that moment when you had cell signal. Yeah, you know, it's That's amazing. What I, need. I you know I, you, you talk about uh, all the data the Drury brothers had leading up to it, you know, decades and decades. It reminds me of Phil Robertson the the uh, duck guy. Uh, yeah. he's got books and books and books of weather and you know what the what the wind was like and all this stuff to check flight patterns. So they had all this data on paper. I can just imagine the stacks of the the, the logs or the ledgers and that that's what they put together to create this algorithm. Well, is that and, and trail camera data and personal experience? And I mean, uh, you know, these guys are hunting uh, a, a lot of days every every season, trying to put together TV shows. Back in the day, it was VHS, VHS and DVDs. Right. Um, tr- you know, trying to get hunts for those uh, for those features, and uh, and so it was very important that that they that they were out there and making the most of their time, and and, and they, they spent their time sitting and not seeing anything. And like anyone, they wanted to learn and grow and not you know keep beating their heads against the wall. So so from the very beginning, since 1989, the whole goal of Jury Outdoors has been to help hunters become better at their craft. And so DeerCast is just another way of doing that. We don't want to think for anyone. We don't want anyone to turn their brains off. We just want to augment the knowledge and skills that they have to make the most of their time. And like my daughter killed her first whitetail last year out in Wildwood. I remember that. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was awesome. But before we went hunting, I spent a lot of time with her. I gave her my phone. I was like, I pulled up DeerCast track and I was like, tell me, where do you want to shoot this deer at? And she would move the reticle and then she would flip off the, the exterior so she could see like, okay, there's where the heart is. There was where the lung is and uh, lung, lungs are. And she knew when that doe walked in front of her where she needed to put that crossbow bolt because she knew the anatomy of a deer and she could, she saw what happened. Like she watched the deer cast track videos so she could tell like, okay, uh, you know, too far back and you're into the stomach and guts and it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a good recovery uh, process at that point. So she put a, a great hit on her deer. It went 70 yards and piled up and it was all high fives and hugs after that. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a really great tool, especially for people who are new to the sport or people just, just need a refresher. Like when you look at where the heart is on a deer, a lot of people are surprised at how low it is. Yeah. A lot of people are also surprised at how far forward the stomach goes. It actually goes up into the rib cage a little bit. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just a great educational tool. And your daughter is how old did you say? 
She was eight last year when she when she took wow. her, her dough. <laughs> Good for her. Here's my man card. Here, I'm just going to hand it over. There's about <laughs> there's about a thousand more of them out there in Wildwood. I'd like her to take out for me, please. Well, she she's on a mission this year. She wants a buck desperately. So we've got a couple little spots in Wildwood. I'm hoping that we can we can get in and make something happen. Well, for her. I think I think that's uh, that's fantastic. So, uh, Tim, b- back to um, the app for a minute. I have. In the past, uh, ignorant of DeerCast, download other downloaded other apps that include topographical maps, and you can save your your locations for your uh, for your for your tree stand or wherever it is you're hunting mm-hmm. from. You guys do that as well on DeerCast. We we don't. We we actually use the Onyx Hunt app. Okay, uh, and, and I've got that. We one love too. that. They're yeah. they're great partners of ours, and and uh, so we yeah we we don't do that, but but it's a really great tool. Are you uh, are you only an archery hunter or are you firearms as well? Um, I, I I'm like ninety percent bow hunting. Last year, the folks at Mossy Oak invited me out to Oklahoma to uh, to a media camp, and I killed my first deer ever with a uh, with a rifle. Wow! Isn't that cool? So that that was like people are like, really? This is your I mean, you work in you work in the hunting industry. You've never killed, and I just I just really love to bow hunt. And, uh, and so I've, I've taken one mature buck with a rifle and that's the only deer I've ever killed with a rifle. And it was, it was fun. It was great, but I just love the process and getting up, up close and personal. And, and, um, and you know, when, when you kill a deer with, with a bow, you're putting the energy into that arrow. You know, when you make that draw, that's your energy. That's, that's touching that deer, driving that arrow through them and it's just a very, very personal and intimate experience, and so uh, I just I tend to lean more towards the archery side. And it's quiet, very quiet, stealthy, yeah. I, I, especially I love... when I go because I usually don't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> don't I, say that. I got to I got to give you credit, Tim. Uh, I love you. I love that you have cleaned up the term gutting the deer to call it recovering. <laughs> oh, right? yeah, yeah. That's I that's, mean, I, the, that's the, nice. The, the, the whole cleaning process, uh, that, that's another thing. We've got some videos in DeerCast on how to process a deer because yeah. it can be, it can be kind of messy and, and especially early season, it can be stinky and flies around and everything. And, and, and that's where it's great to like, if you can go with someone or if you're someone who hunts, you know, someone who wants to hunt, take them with you because there's a lot, there's such a big learning curve. Hunting is an intimidating thing to do. And if you can lower that obstacle, lower those barriers for people like, well, heck, I just shot my deer. What do I do next? That's so powerful for, for new folks to the yeah. sport. So Good just point. like the uh, the uh, the finesse of using the word recovery, you know, kind of cleans it up. <laughs> I've heard him also say the word dispatch, which is oh. really kind of cool. I'm going to dispatch mm-hmm. this one. Uh, <laughs> very cool. Okay, so this is just me. I've seen too many TV shows, reality shows. Uh, have you ever had to, because my biggest fear of going deer hunting deep into the woods is not having my side-by-side with me, not having a cart. Have you ever had to backpack out a deer on your back? Um, I normally drag them out. <laughs> and I've I've killed, like, I, one of the places I hunt is out by Hidden Valley ski area yeah and it's very very hilly very out there yeah. i was um i was a mile in Ooh. and and i killed a doe on opening day i think it was like 2015 or 2016 it was hot i couldn't count i mean there were literally thousands of flies swarming this doe as i'm dragging her out but the thing like you see like these really cool pictures of guys with the deer hefted over their shoulders and they're walking out and, and they look really tough but 
those deer are covered in ticks and mites and lice and like especially early season yeah. i don't want that thing up by my head yeah. plus it stinks <laughs> so i didn't know if you knew so, the technique though you've seen what i'm talking about though right yeah, oh yeah like like we're, we'll, they'll put like the front hose into like the achilles tendon and make a backpack yeah, out of it almost yeah. mark does that all the time absolutely <laughs> came into work that way this morning <laughs> yeah right he could Why on the your road. back all bloody mark <laughs> kill the doe yeah, I've rarely killed anything that's too big for me to carry out. That's the problem. I, I, I need to up my game. That's right. Definitely b- better table fare when they're smaller. The behemoth squirrel marks alter his, his all. Uh, I hate those squirrels. Your enemy. Yeah, it's yeah. So yeah. thing that keeps me awake. I'm like, did you hear that? It, it's it's crazy how yeah. you know how many times you can be alerted and on guard. Is oh, it's just, it's a gray squirrel yep. or it's a possum. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Then then the minute that you don't react and don't get ready because you think it's a squirrel, it's a it's a deer. Yep. A massive one. Very yeah, I, I have noticed, by the way, I do spend a lot of time in the outdoors, although I'm not a hunter uh, per se, but man, the squirrels have been working so hard this early. I'm like, man, are we in for it or what? Cold winter. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah I've heard the farmer's almanac saying we're supposed to have a pretty tough winter. <sighs> yep. Better check with Dave Murray. He, I don't think he agrees with that, does he? I think, I I think he said cold. cold. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that's winter? Point. Cold? What are we talking about? That's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. three, three months from uh, from basically Christmas right now, so unbelievable. Yeah. Well, listen, so, uh, Tim. Mark, do you have plans to deer hunt this year? I do plan have plans to deer hunt this year out in uh, Warren County, probably. There you go. There you go. Or do, or do you run cameras or anything, or do you know what you well, got we walking do? My, my, I'm fortunate enough to have a relative who owns some land out there, and he and he does uh, run the the cameras, and we've we've seen some some bucks, and uh, he knows the people that own the land next door, and they, they there's deer there. You just uh. have to know when they're not bedded down all day. Which I'll yeah. know now because I'll have the deer cast. <laughs> yeah. out. Well, and and when when you kill your buck. Post it up in DeerCast. Post a picture and let me know, and I'll publish it to the main feed, and everyone can see it. Nice. Ooh. If it's big enough, I will. How about that? <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. He doesn't want That's to be a relative shamed. Term, you know, you know, and, and and that is something we should talk about at some point. Just the relativity of what people consider, you know, a, a, a really good buck. And there's, you know, a lot of people being crappy online about. Well, you know, that that's that's not a great buck or I wouldn't have shot that deer. And it's a really intensely personal decision on whether or not you're going to shoot a deer because because what people consider a trophy and what people consider something they want to shoot is all based on their personal preference. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got a long ways to go as a community of hunters just being friggin' nice to each other online Thank you. Thank and not you. being so crappy to everybody. Gosh. The keyboard warriors are everywhere. Tim, uh, I asked the question of a buddy of mine, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago we had Jason on. Uh, he had claimed he hadn't bought uh, protein in a long time, and I'll, I'll tell you the number. How, do you, I mean, do you buy meat at the store, or are you like a, a Puritan where you only want yeah, we, we, when we red meat, we we eat venison solely. Um, every now and again, I'll buy I'll buy some some ribeyes or something. But but if if we're eating red meat around our house, ninety nine percent of the time, it's it's gonna be venison. And I killed a you know a gobbler this past year with my bow, so you know we had some turkey to to live off of. And uh, but you know we'll we'll buy chicken and some turkey every now and again. But pretty much if we're eating red meat, it's 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 venison. And how long have you had that uh, kind of a rule in your house? Uh, you know, it's, it's weird cause it, it, it just kind of evolved. Like it, we, neither my wife or I set out to have this philosophy of like, we're going to be, yeah. we're going to be 1800s, you Off know, homesteaders. Grid. No, we just like, <laughs> I, I was killing four five, six deer a year 
And uh, I was like, we got it. Let's use it. And we that's that's just kind of what we've fallen into. Okay. Well, Jason, 13 years, he said, never, yeah, never bought any time. bird or anything. So Man. I don't know. Uh, I just have a lot of respect for you guys <laughs> uh, that, that uh, deer hunt. That you know, do what you do. If you don't know about DeerCast, download it from the App Store or wherever you buy your uh, you get your apps. And uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was a good time. Yeah, great visiting with you guys. Take care. Fantastic. Yep, Tim. Thank you. We appreciate that. Good stuff. Tim Chelsvik, the Thinking Woodsman, editor in chief of DeerCast and co-host of the One Hundred Percent Wild because he is podcast at Drury Outdoors. Hopefully, that's got you in the mood to uh, to get out outside. Do a little bit of hunting this year. Uh, Thanks for listening uh, this morning. Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors for Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. I'm Mark Cox. We'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 